In Proverbs, the fourth chapter, the 23rd verse, it cautions us. It says, above all else, guard your heart for out of it flows the issues of life. Now, you know, our physical heart can be affected by disease and it can have a major impact on our livelihood. Such is the same with our spiritual heart. We must guard it. We must protect it so that we can keep disease such as pride and envy, greed, deceit out of it. There are so many things that we must guard our hearts from. So today we're going to take another look at a matter that we must uproot from our heart. Otherwise, it will cause damaging effects and separation from our Father. So come on in and let's discuss it. Hey y'all, today we're going to continue our discussion on matters of the heart or a matter of the heart. And today's matter is bitterness. Bitterness. I've looked this word up and it is derived from the word Mara, M-A-R-A-H. And if you are familiar with Naomi in the Bible, she returned saying, do not call me Naomi, call me Mara. (laughs) She was saying, uh, call me bitter because she was. She was bitter at the state in which she had found herself. So some definitions or words related to this word bitter, they are rebellious, contentious, fault-finding, discontented, and heavy. Wow. Yeah, we've got to really weigh in on bitterness because I'm sure at some point that we have all felt in our lives some level of bitterness, right? Right. So today what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at Luke chapter 15. It is a very familiar passage of scripture and it's where Jesus tells the parable of the lost things. And today we're going to go to the lost son and we're going to look at really that second son. This is really a good passage for us to study because there are a lot of nuggets that we can draw. And there was one that was revealed unto me recently and I just wanted to share it with you. All right. So the story goes, as Jesus is telling it, that there's this man that has two sons and the younger of the sons comes to the father and he wants the father to give him his share of the estate. Now he wanted his inheritance now. He could not wait for his father to pass away. The father did not, according to this, deny his request. The father divides his property. He didn't just give it to the younger son. He gave it to the older son as well. So I want you to keep that in mind. Now, it wasn't long after 
after the younger son received his inheritance that he decided, yo, I'm out of here. I'm going to go as far as I possibly can away from this place. Meaning he was leaving the father. The Bible says that he went to a distant country. And when he got over into that country, he had a good time, y'all. He had a really good time. The Bible lets us know, at least Jesus does in his telling of the story, that he squandered his wealth in wild living. Now, y'all know what wild living is, wilding it out, partying, having a good time. We have all had a good time, I will venture to say whether that was drinking, dancing, messing around, whatever you define it as, you had it, you've done it. Yeah, you may still be doing it. (laughs) So he had a, a very fun life, if you will. He was probably the life of the party, right? He spared no expenses with his partying. What the problem with that was, he spent everything. He didn't have anything left. And then on top of that, there came a famine and it was a severe famine in that whole country. Then he began to be in need. He had need and there was nobody really to help him. You know, sometimes when you are partying with folk and people, you know, and then when the fun runs out or your funds run out, they're not there to support you and they're not there to help you, right? They don't reciprocate uh, your freedom. Uh, They don't reciprocate your uh, willing to share. No. So he found himself in a dire state and y'all know desperate what they call it? Desperate. What is it? Times calls for a desperate measure. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country. And that citizen sent him to work in the fields to feed the pigs. Now this problem, this is very problematic, especially for a Jewish young person is because according to uh, the law, pigs were unclean. And so it meant it meant that they could not be eaten or used for sacrifices. So the Jews went so far as to protect themselves from being defiled is they wouldn't even touch a pig. So for this young man to go into this field to feed the pigs, that was great humiliation for him, okay? He had even gotten so bad that he wanted to eat the food that the pigs were eating. This this man was in a low state. This young man was in that. Nobody gave him nothing, right? So now he has to work for everything. And he's in a very, very pitiful state. So while he's in this state, he's had time to think. He's had time to reflect. And the Bible says he comes to his senses And he remembers that his father's hired men have food to spare. Y'all, that means there's excess. That means they have overflow. That means they have more than enough. And he says, here I am in this pig's pen, starving to death. So he says, I'm going to set out. I'm going to go back to my father and I'm going to say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. 
Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and he went to his father. So he came to himself, right? So he then begins to repent. Um, he has been humbled to the point that he recognizes the error of his ways, that he just wants to go back now to the father's house. And he doesn't even really want to be identified as the son. He wants to be identified as a servant because he knows he's no longer worthy of that title. So he gets up and he goes to his father. I'm going to expedite this because he's not the one I really want to focus on. I want to focus on that older brother. But on his way back, the father saw him. He was filled with compassion, ran to his son, threw his arms around him. His son begins his confession and he confesses these things. I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer uh, worthy to be called your son. But see, while the son was saying that, the father was directing the servants, go get the robe go get the ring, go get the sandals, put it on him. See, the father was restoring this son. He did not allow him to make that that last confession about just make him a servant. No, he was restoring him to sonship, right? That's that connection because a servant doesn't know his father's business, but a son does. And then the father declares, he says, Kill the fattened calf. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead. Oh, but he's alive again. He was lost and is found. So they begin to celebrate. So there is this party going on at the house. The father is so full of joy to have his son back. All right, and so there is this party going on. Meanwhile, this is in Luke chapter 15. Now we're getting to the meat, the heart of our bitterness discussion. Verse 25, it says, Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him, What is going on? Your brother has come, this servant said, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. Look at this. I have a question about this particular passage. The son, the older son was in the field. So that means he was doing his work. He was diligent about his work. Yeah, you, you can't say this son was lazy. No, he was doing his duty. All right. So when he came near the house, he heard the music and the dancing. What I want to ask is when he heard the music and he heard the dancing, why didn't he just go in? Uh-huh. Why didn't he just go in and investigate for himself? Why didn't he just go in and inquire? Or why didn't he just go in with this, oh, wait a minute, they partying at the house. Let me go join. You know, let me go see what's happening over here. Why didn't his joy just well up when he heard the music and when he heard the dancing? Hmm, says something to me about the matter of this young man's heart. There is something already uh, there that we just didn't know about. And when this servant tells him what's going on, let's look at verse number 28. It says, the older brother became angry and he refused to go in. 
he became angry because his younger brother had returned and his father had killed the fattened calf and is now throwing this party. That's the sound he heard and he was angry. Now we know anger is a secondary emotion. Uh-uh, that anger was stemmed out of the bitterness that this young older brother had been holding in his heart. Yeah, he was holding it in his heart. He had been hostile, I believe, towards his brother. He was bitter. He had allowed bitterness to settle in his heart, I believe, towards even his father as well as his brother. Why do I say this? Well, I'm going to take it back to when the son took the inheritance and left, you know, left to go live the life that he wanted to live. Could it, you know, this is stretching because, you know, the Bible doesn't say this and I'm not adding anything to the text. I'm not um, eisegeting. I'm just thinking. All right. I'm thinking. (laughs) So my Thoughts bring me that it could be that the older son disliked his father's desire to have the son return after he left, even after he demanded his inheritance. Maybe this father never said anything negative about the son requesting the inheritance. Look, both of them got it. The older son did too, but the younger one left. Yeah, he wasted it, but the older one remained in the house and he was faithful to his duties. And maybe um, the father was constantly looking down the road in expectation for his son to return. And maybe the older son was upset because the dad did not rebuke him for leaving or even making such Uh, insidious request, right? Hmm, I don't know. It's just something for us to think about. So I'm saying he could have been upset at his father's willingness to forgive his his, um, younger son from day one. From day one, he had a willingness to forgive the younger son. And this could have caused a bitter root to develop in the older son's heart. I mean, Jesus doesn't tell us this, but, you know, this is what I'm thinking. Because the older son is angry. He's angry. And he refuses to join this celebration. He refuses to join the revival of his younger brother. He refuses to rejoice with everyone else because he is bitter. And his bitterness shows up as anger. So he refused to go in. He refused to go in, would not go in. So the Bible lets us know that his father went out and pleaded with him. So the father goes out and he pleads with the son, telling the son, you know, come on in, come on in. I want you to join this celebration. But this son 
answers his father and says, look, all these years I have been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him? Y'all listen to these words. I know I read it in such a way um, that it sounded like there was some anger. Well, the Bible says he was angry. So that's how I tried to read it. (laughs) So look, listen to his words. He tells his dad, look, I have been working for you. I've been slaving for you. This is what this young man is saying. He's dutiful, but he's not enjoying his work. He's, he has an attitude in his heart. He's doing it, but he doesn't love it. He says, I'm slaving for you. That's what he said. And then he says, I've never disobeyed y'all, your orders. Now y'all know he's exaggerating. He's not telling the complete truth. Who has kept the law completely? None of us do. None of us do. We thank God for grace and mercy. We thank him for the confession that we can confess we have sinned and fallen short of his glory. We don't want to continue in the wrong road. But this was quite an exaggeration, okay? Never disobeyed your orders. Then he says, you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate. This man was so blinded by bitterness that he couldn't see everything that he had. He couldn't see it. Look at what the father says. He says, my son, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. Look, he had been given his inheritance too. He received more than his younger brother. He got two thirds of the inheritance, but he was so blind by, blinded rather, by what his brother had done, or he was so blind by the bitterness he was harboring in his own heart that he couldn't see the blessing that he had. He couldn't see the beauty in what he had. Instead, he went about his work bound with bitterness. He didn't even enjoy the work he was doing. He thought he was slaving to his father. That's what bitterness does. Bitterness um, causes trouble. Bitterness causes uh, defilement. Bitterness causes Uh, poison to the hearts of many, right? Yes, it truly does. Hebrews says, see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. This young man's heart was defiled by bitterness. And who knows? He said he had friends. That's what he said. Plus he says, you never gave me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. So apparently he had some friends. And so you know if he had some friends, he had probably turned his friends against his brother (laughs) because he had this bitterness on the inside of his heart. He could probably uh, not speak well of him. And he probably told his brothers, I mean, his friends about how he truly felt about his brother. I don't know y'all. Again, that's just me with speculation and imagining how things had probably taken place. But get this, he would not go in because of the bitterness that was in his heart. 
The father said, we had to celebrate and be glad. And he tells him why. He says, because this brother of yours, see, this older brother was trying to deny his relationship with the younger brother. But the father put it back on him and said that this brother of yours was dead and he is alive again. He was lost and now he is found. See what's going on here is bitterness kept this young man from rejoicing. It, it, kept, it kept him from um, rejoicing in this revival. It kept him from rejoicing in the reconciliation. It kept him from rejoicing in celebrating with his father, the revival, the renewal, the reconciliation, the return of his son home. And see what the father desires? The father desires for everyone to join in the celebration when a lost soul has been found. Yeah. Jesus tells us, he says, rejoice with those who are rejoicing. He also says in this parable that there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. If you have repented of your sins, guess what took place in heaven? there was rejoicing over you. The angels were rejoicing over you. Why is it then that we cannot rejoice mm -hmm, when there is a soul that has returned to the Father? So what must we do, right? We must ask God to reveal what's in our hearts. We've got to, because sometimes we don't know what's there. Remember what Jeremiah said? Jeremiah said, the heart is deceitful above all things. Who can know it? Maybe this older brother didn't realize just how much bitterness had developed in his heart until he came face to face with the matter. When the party was going on at the house, it just exploded for him. He was stopped in his tracks. He couldn't, could not join in on the celebration because that bitterness had welled up into anger right? And so that could be the case for us. We could be so far removed from um, a situation or a person that has hurt us, has called us pain, caused us pain. And we don't know um, that is there until we are faced with it. So we're walking around with a heaviness, right? That's that bitterness. And we may not even recognize that's what it's coming from. But we thank God today that he is telling us that we need to deal with um, bitterness. Bitterness can cause us to be rebellious. That's what happened with this young man. He rebelled against his father. He did not want to go into the celebration. Here's the one he said that I've never disobeyed your commands. Well, the father is asking him to come in and now he is refusing to do so. He was one that found fault. He said, this young man said, this man squandered your wealth on prostitutes. He's reminding the father of his sin. But what does the father do? 
when he forgives us of our sin, he casts it into the sea of forgiveness, never to remember it anymore. He doesn't bring it up. But when we are bitter, oh yeah, we bring up the sin over and over. We bring up the hurt over and over. We keep nursing our bitterness to make sure that it is alive and well, right? Because we are so afraid if we let it go, the other person is getting off. A person that's full of bitterness is discontented. They're not happy. And that's what we see. This young man was doing the work, but he wasn't happy doing it. He was doing it out of duty, but not out of devotion. So let us ask God to reveal what's in our hearts. We want him to test our hearts and to remove anything in there that is not like him. We don't want bitter roots growing in our hearts that will bring about anger and frustration and irritation that will cause us to miss the renewal, the revival, the rejoicing of the return of a repenting sinner. Oh yes, right? Let's uproot those bitter roots so that we can join in on the celebration. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for showing us another matter of the heart, bitterness, and its effect that it can have on our relationships with our family, our friends, and even you. And we don't want anything to disrupt our connection and our relationship with you. So help us today, Father, to uproot these bitter roots. We thank you so much, Lord. All right, y'all. This has been your daily dose. And remember that a daily dose of God's word it's good for the soul. Be blessed.